It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into your daily source for the Cincinnati Reds throughout the offseason. This is the Locked On Reds podcast, and I'm your host, Jeff Carr. The show goes on! And here we go. What's up? What's happening? Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good whenever you're listening to You know what? Good Friday. TGIF, thanks for joining me today on the Locked On Reds podcast. It's so great to have you listening to today's show. On today's show, we're going to talk about some relief pitching. Also want to get into the rumors about Corey Seager and some headlines. But before we do, make sure that you are subscribed to the podcast on all the many podcasting platforms. Follow me on Twitter at Jeff Carr with three Fs and follow the show at Locked On Reds. Also, save the Locked On Reds line number into your phone at 513-549-0159. We're going to get to the question of the day here in just a bit. It's a good one, and I've done some researching. Well, you know, as much math as my brain can handle. We'll see just how much that, uh, what that does for the show today. But yeah, anyway, let's jump into some news. News team assemble! With all the news about Shogo Akiyama the last couple of days, I kind of missed that the Reds claimed, well, not claimed, they signed to a minor league deal a pitcher by the name of Brooks Raley. Now, you can be excused if you have never heard that name because he's been pitching in Korea since 2013, he comes over to the Reds from the Lota Giants in the Korean League. He he was a starter over in Korea. I think he only had one relief appearance in the years that he spent there. And for the most part, he was an average pitcher. If you just look at his stats, I, I haven't obviously seen any footage or anything of that. Most people, based on some evaluations of advanced metrics and things like that, don't expect much from him. So we'll see. He might just be a depth addition to the minor league. But who knows? He could play a role in the bullpen, which will be an interesting topic that we talk about here in a little bit. Also, the Reds and really Major League Baseball, but they they finalized the schedule with all starting times and things of that nature. Opening day starts at 4.10 p.m., so a good day all around. You won't have to get up early unless you really want to, but a good day there, 4.10 p.m. I also noticed some of the other games. There was an interesting one that I couldn't quite convince my wife to go to New York City. We The Reds travel to play the Yankees. They got a Friday night game at 7.05 there at Yankee Stadium. If you're interested, some of the ticket apps right now do have some single-game tickets available for that Yankees series, and the I, I think it was... Um, Friday, I think it's a Friday, Saturday, Sunday series, and the Friday night game tickets are starting right now. You're sitting up in the sky, but it's like $9 to go to Yankee Stadium. I mean, that sounds amazing, doesn't it? But the the times are out, and I am looking forward 
to this season. We, we've got some good stuff to talk about here, but coming up, as we're going to do the focus topic of the day, we've got a new rumor. Well, kind of. I swear to God, I'm smart. Okay, it's not a really new rumor because it was kind of coupled along with the Reds' whole desire to add a, a an impact bat and an impact player at shortstop, and that is that the Reds are still very interested in talking with the Dodgers. Now, no one knows where the talks are right now, but they are interested in Corey Seager. Now, this is an intriguing thing because one would assume, anyway, that the Reds could get Seager for a slightly lower, not much lower, but a slightly lower price than they would have to give up for Francisco Lindor. Now, that being said, probably still looking at a major league-ready player at a different position, obviously, than a shortstop, probably like Jesse Winker. And then maybe a young prospect, probably mid-range, maybe even a little bit higher range. Now, I've seen some people talking about, I'd give up Jesse Winker, Nick Lodolo, and Tony Santian. Whoa, <laughs> pump your brakes, boy. In fact, most folks that I talk about, that I talk to who are closer to the Reds than I am currently, believe that Nick Lodolo is held in very high regard and almost untouchable. So throwing him into a deal just you know, throwing for anecdotal sake is actually a false idea. But on the other end of the spectrum, he uh, the trade would not hurt, I would think, as much as a trade for Francisco Lindor. So hypothetically speaking, they could keep Nixon Zell. And now Corey Seager is a very interesting player indeed. He's 25 years old right now. He will turn 26 very early on in the baseball season. But if you know anything about Corey Seager, he has been phenomenal. The last couple of years, he, except for his injury shortened 2018 season, for 2019, he had a 3.3 wins above replacement, according to Fangraphs. 2017, he was worth six wins above replacement. In 2016, he was worth 6.9 wins above replacement. He's very, very good. Now, the interesting part of this equation is are the Dodgers ready to move on with Gavin Lux? Gavin Lux is their highly touted shortstop prospect, somebody that everyone believes the Indians were asking for in the Dodgers' pursuit of Francisco Lindor. And rumor has it the Dodgers were completely against the idea of trading him so maybe part of any trade deal the Reds can make for Corey Seager is they've got to sell the Dodgers on their own player in Gavin Lux as well as the players that they're sending to them. So there's a multifaceted idea here. One would just believe, arbitrarily, and I have no basis to back this on other than the stuff that I read, but one would believe that it may be slightly easier to pry Corey Seager away from the Dodgers. That's just me guessing, though. I There's no inside knowledge there. But that would be an interesting thing, because then you would keep Sinzel, and he probably would be slot. You know, he, he'd stay in center field, maybe play a little corner outfield as well whenever you want to put Shogo in center field. But that would sort of muddy the waters for Phil Irvin because then that would give the outfield a glut of right-handed hairs. I don't know. There's there's lots of dominoes that would fall in any particular deal for Corey Seager. 
But it is interesting to see the Reds still linked in these rumors. As far as Francisco Lindor goes, and we'll keep the focus here on the shortstop targets, as far as Francisco Lindor goes, the Indians president of baseball operations kind of came and made a statement again to the press that he believes that he that Lindor will be in an Indians uniform come opening day. That's all that we've heard really from the Indians for the last couple of months. So, I'm starting to think that that door's closed. Obviously, not to say that a deal still can't get done after that. They might just be applying pressure to those who are interested. But it sure seems like Lindor's going to hang on. And it was interesting, real quick, too. If you noticed in The Athletic, Ken Rosenthal had a nice piece where he was talking about some information that he had gathered from multiple sources around the league. And the whole idea of the Red Sox trading Mookie Betts has such a weird taste in everyone's mind, not just around the Red Sox organization, but people who understand this whole idea of trading players. He is a superstar player in the last year of his deal. They're not going to get the value that you think they would out of a trade for Mookie Betts. So why would they do it? He then carried that thought over with Francisco Lindor. He's like, look, if the Indians are going to trade him, they're going to trade him now. If they wait till the deadline, then they're probably getting less than what they would get now. And especially if they wait till next winter when he is about to enter the final year of his deal. I don't know. That Just a lot of food for thought there. But it seems like if you're just gauging the rumors, and I've looked at these a hundred different ways because I have no life and I spend a lot of time looking at baseball rumors on Twitter... It sure seems like the idea of the Reds getting Corey Seager is kind of moving ahead of the idea of the Reds getting Francisco Lindor. That's just the way I'm reading the tea leaves here. Anyway, we're coming back. We've got a great question of the day that I've got a lot of thoughts about. And we want to look at some headlines from around the league. Mostly just transactions, but headlines from around the league nonetheless. But first, have you booked your trip? out to Arizona for spring training yet the best way to do that is to go to visitarizona.com slash spring training in one place you can book your flight your hotel get your tickets book an excursion all kinds of things because there's more to do in Arizona than just go to baseball games now of course you can just go to baseball games because all of the cactus league teams are pretty close within a very reasonable radius that your rental car can handle. Or if you drive out there, I know some folks who do, if you drive out to Arizona, then it's not that far from Goodyear. On the other end of the spectrum, there's plenty to do when you're not watching baseball. There's great sites, great national parks to go hike around, awesome food, local breweries, the whole nine yards. You're not that far from the Grand Canyon. You could go to some awesome golf courses, all that good stuff. Or if you're like me, I would love to see Tombstone, Arizona. Big big cowboy guy, you know, go to Tombstone. Anyway, you can do all that and more. The best way to book all of it, visit Arizona.com slash spring training. Go there, book it, do it, visit Arizona.com slash spring training. 
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Got a great text, and I almost made this the focus of today's show, but I I really wanted to get into the Corey Seager rumors as well. But I got a great text on the Locked On Reds line, 513-549-0159. This from Josh in Tennessee. Really love this. He says, the bullpen has to be upgraded. A good left-hander who can throw strikes is a must. Garrett, at best, is an unproven quantity given his second-half numbers, which in the second half of last season, he had a 6.16 ERA and a whip, walks plus hits per innings pitched, of 1.789. So I hope the front office is not relying on him to be the only left-handed relief star out of the bullpen. What are your thoughts? This is Josh in Tennessee. Thank you so much for your question, Josh. This actually sparked a long line of thought because initially I was like, man, you know what? They got Cody Reed. Uh, Cody Reed and Amir Garrett seem pretty good. I think I'm on the side of the idea that they could use another left-hander. Here's the problem. So could every other team. Think about it this way. Name the best left-handed reliever you can think of. It's Josh Hader, right? I mean, if you're being honest with yourself, it's Josh Hader. I know he pitches for the Brewers. He pitches for a division rival. And the Reds have gotten to him on occasion. Not very often, but on occasion. But it's still Josh Hader. You might also think Andrew Miller, but his statistics last year with the Cardinals didn't look all that great. In fact, his ERA was pretty pedestrian. So was his fielding independent pitching number as well. So it wasn't just he was getting unlucky or something like that. Wasn't all that great. So I dug into this a little bit. I went back five years. I looked at every lefty reliever the Reds have had, every left-handed pitcher who has made an appearance as a reliever for the Reds last five years whose name was not Amir Garrett. Because let's face it, Amir Garrett is the premier left-hander. I don't think they're going to find another left-hander on the free agent list right now that's better than him. But he is their premier left-hander this year. Going back, looking at it, the longest-tenured left-hander was Wandy Peralta, which is a little bit sobering in the fact that he really hasn't—he wasn't good after the 2017 season. In 2018, he had a 5.36 ERA, and of course, 2019 last year, he got cut after building up a 6.09 ERA. But all total, when you put all these guys together, and there were some names, like, raise your hand if you remember Kyle Crockett. I don't. I, I was looking at this, and I was like, who was that? He pitched back in 2018. He threw a grand total of nine and a third innings. He actually had 15 appearances, so he was obviously used probably late in the year. I don't remember him at all. I, I will be completely honest with you. But he was used as a specialist. ERA. He had 11 strikeouts to only two walks, which is pretty nice. But just, yeah, I mean, over the last five years, when you compile it all, there have been 400 innings, 402 thirds innings, 
pitched by a left-handers not named Amir Garrett or Aroldis Chapman. I mean, he was there. He was in there in 2015, and I counted 2015. And obviously, we're not going to throw him in there because that's going to skew everything. But 400 and two-thirds innings pitched for the last five years from left-handed Reds relievers. They've had a 4.75 ERA. They had a strikeout-to-walk ratio of 1.7. It's just not all that great, is it? It's not great at all. And when I went a little further, dug a little deeper, I looked at the league. Major League Baseball as a whole, for the last five years, left-handed relief pitching numbers. And, of course, this includes guys like Josh Hader and Aroldis Chapman and some real superstar studs and, and that really good year from Andrew Miller, all that good stuff. Over the last five years, the league as a whole, left-handed relievers have a 3.9 ERA and a 2.4 strikeout-to-walk ratio, i.e. the Reds are below average in this area. So, yeah, they could improve. Here's the good thing, though. They've got Cody Reed coming back, and he's healthy. They're saying that he's healthy. Last year, he only pitched six innings, but he pitched six innings that really made us want some more really leave us wanting because then when he got hurt in AAA and we couldn't see him the rest of the year, we're like, man, come on, bring him back up. I think he's going to start the year in the majors this year, start the, start the season with the Reds because I believe he's out of options. But beyond that, I mean, he will be the best left-handed reliever on the bullpen other than Amir Garrett. And then, you know, even in 2018, I I don't remember, and maybe it was he had some strong outings toward the end. I think that's kind of what happened with him is that he really came on toward the end of 2018 because his ERA for that year, after 43 innings pitched, he had a 3.98 ERA. It's pretty solid. You know, 42 strikeouts compared to 15 walks that year alone. And he only had one walk in the six innings last year. He shows some promise. I, I think they can get something good out of him this season from the bullpen. So they have in-house options, yes. And they've brought in some non-roster invitees and Jose De Leon. And um, I mentioned Brooks Raley, but I don't think we're really counting on him too much. And we've also got some guys that we want to see more out of. I, I ended, you know, after 2019 was over, I ended the year as a fan wanting to see more from Matt Bowman. I really think that there can be something there with him. So I'm interested to see what they get up. Now he's not a left-handed pitcher, so that really didn't fall into this. But whatever, that's, that's just a thought that I had there. Um, but when it comes to adding an impact left-handed reliever, everyone is looking for them. Because I looked at just a brief, and I, I don't have names or anything like that, but like the Nationals. Name a left-handed reliever that we saw from the Nationals last year. They didn't have a whole lot. Name uh, name a left-handed reliever coming out of the bullpen for the Dodgers. Name someone not named Josh Hader coming out of the bullpen for the Brewers. I just mentioned Andrew Miller had a bad ER or not. Yeah, I mean, it was pretty bad actually. He was definitely below average ERA for the Cardinals last year. It's, you, there's not that many out there. So part of the idea, and I know this is kind of a fantasy baseball idea, but this is a philosophy that I think most teams who don't just have bukus and oodles of cash just oozing out of everywhere, I don't think that they 
pay a ton for relievers. If those relievers get good with them, then they do what they can to hold on to them. That's what the Reds have done with Rysel Iglesias, buying out his arbitration years and things like that. And we see, we see that. that's a whole nother topic. But uh, hopefully they can do what they can to keep Michael Lorenzen for as long as they can because Michael Lorenzen is amazing. And Amir Garrett and all that good stuff. But when it comes to relief pitchers, I think Dylan Betances went to the Mets from the Yankees this year. But you just don't see a ton of it. Like, Will Harris went from the Astros to the Nationals on a three-year, $24 million deal. And that feels like an astronomically large deal for a relief pitcher. I just don't see the Reds really spending a ton to shore up that left-handed spot. But I do, I, I do agree with you. That's something that the Reds could definitely improve in this season. If there's anything that they can improve in with their pitching, it's their left-handed relieving. But I think they're going to build uh, from within when it comes to that. But I really appreciate that question, Josh. Really, thank you for that. Uh, we're going to end on a couple of headlines, a couple of moves I wanted to get to. We're running a little long today. But uh, obviously the big news yesterday from around the league, the Cardinals and the Rays made a trade. The Cardinals send Jose Martinez and a couple of prospects, uh, none that we had seen in the majors, to the Rays, for the Rays' top pitching prospect, a guy named Liberator, which is kind of a cool name, to be honest with you. I really think, you know, and, and, and most people thought that it was a weird deal. It almost seems like a rebuilding deal, but the Cardinals aren't rebuilding. My thought on this is they are, they are getting their ducks in a row to make a really enticing offer to the Rockies for Nolan Arenado, and I hope I'm wrong. I do not want to see Nolan Arenado in a Cardinals uniform with Paul Goldschmidt and just, no, don't, don't. I got a bad feeling about that. I really do. Uh, that, that would be the kind of deal that gets everyone um, a little worried. But, yeah, as of right now, the trade as it stands is kind of uninspiring, but I think it's part of a larger picture. That's where I'm going with that. The Pirates also actually made a free agent deal. They signed outfielder Guillermo Heredia to a one-year deal. There's only been a couple of teams now that have not made a free agent move. And looking at, there, there was a list of the top 10 spenders. The Reds come in at number eight, having spent $100 million in free agency this offseason. And now that's as a whole. That's not just in this one year. They haven't added $100 million in payroll to this specific year. It's the deals as a whole. But it's still encouraging to see. The Reds are trying. Which they always should have done. But whatever. They're they're finally doing it. We can't we can't fix anything about the past. They're doing it now. Here in the now, in the present, the Reds are trying. Woo! We're gonna end it on that. Thanks so much for listening to the Locked On Reds podcast. Happy Friday. Hope you guys have a great weekend. Make sure that you are subscribed on all the podcasting platforms. Follow me on Twitter and save the Locked On Reds line number into your phone at 513-549-0159. You guys have a great weekend. I'll talk to you on Monday. My name is Jeff Carr. This is the Locked On Reds podcast, your team every day. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.